Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome back to another episode of Drew Archives in 10, the final episode of this season, season five, uh, that we'll be doing before picking up again in the spring with uh, season six, hopefully. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew University, and I am with Candace Riley, manager of special collections. Candace, how has this semester been for you? It's been great. It's been busy, but that is good for us. That's the so point, right? That's the point of it. Yep. Um, it has. We've done a lot, and we talked about last episode that we've got two really important donations. We've done over 25 classes in special collections. So people kind of always ask, like, what's a day-to-day like in special collections? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, every day is different. <laughs> um, sometimes we'll have classes come in and we get to show them a ton of material. Like you had brought your class in this right. semester and you got to see some um, – great advertising material. Mm -hmm. And I had a class this morning that was looking at medieval manuscript material. So every day, very different. Many researchers to the reading room. Um, We've had a couple small exhibits, but we're getting ready for a really big exhibit coming up in the spring. Okay. Um, So basically between now and um, the end of January, you guys don't see the behind the scenes work that we do into prepping an exhibit. So that involves a lot of research, um, going through our collections, kind of being inspired by the collections. And I think we mentioned early on that we're going to do an exhibit on flowers and flower dictionaries because we oh, have a yeah. really amazing collection on the Zuck Botanical Books. And um, we talked a little bit about a flower dictionary in one of our previous episodes. Yep. And that is so people get really excited when they talk about flower dictionaries mm-hmm. and they're just like, I had no idea. This is really <laughs> cool. So I'm like, okay, we're going to go with that. And now we're going to learn more about what flowers mean. So we have some books that kind of diagnose the medieval and Renaissance flower meanings and kind of explain those. Um, we've pressed some flowers from Drew over the summer. So we're going to have ah. in one little case, like Drew flowers. Great. Um, and then we're going to also make our own flower dictionary. So we've scanned one of our books called Culpepper's Herbal. We're going to use the images from Culpepper's Herbal, and then we're going to include some poems and verses and descriptions of what the flowers mean from other sources. Okay. And then make our own Drew University flower dictionary. So then people can download that or take the print copy with them. Oh, that's great. So So all of the indigenous flowers that you can see around campus mm -hmm. and maybe the area of New Jersey that we are in. Yep. Morris County, right? And, uh, And we can see what they're... Meanings are and possible uses. Yes. Um, The goal is to have the dictionary available when the exhibit launches in um, mid to late January. Or um, definitely we're going to have an event for Valentine's Day. So thinking that people can make their own bouquet. We're not going to have flowers available. Mm. But we're going to have maybe a digital element where you can then craft your own bouquet for somebody. And we'll explain to you what each flower means. So if you want to craft a lovely bouquet or a friendly bouquet or a bouquet for an enemy, we'll tell you (laughs) how to do it. Um, And then if we'll also you can write down which flowers. If you wanted to maybe go to the market and pick up some flowers, you can make your own bouquet based upon that meaning and write that down for someone to decode. Oh, wonderful. So I think it's a fun way to kind of learn different meanings behind these flowers that people really don't think about anymore. Everyone knows a red rose means love. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it stops. So we're going to help you get further in your meaning of flowers. (laughs) And it's going to be a very colorful and aesthetically pleasing exhibit. (laughs) Oh, great. It sounds like so much fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I wish we could have real flowers in the archives, but we can't because of obviously insects and all that. Right. But we have the pressed flowers in a separate case. They're not going to be near bugs. Okay. I mean, books. No bugs. Books or bugs. Yeah, books or bugs. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I'm looking forward to having everyone learn what flowers mean. I am looking forward to perusing a Drew-based flower dictionary, yeah. personally. I had no idea either. I am one of those people that did not know that such a branch of human knowledge existed. Uh, other <laughs> yeah. than, of course, as you mentioned, the the red roses are for love and romance. Right? Yeah, That's... red roses. And I think, like, yellow roses are for friendship. Um, but it's also the ways you then pair them can change the meaning, too. So you have to be very careful. And what was really fun during the Victorian period, if you had different dictionaries that maybe had slightly differing meanings, you could maybe make a little bit of a faux pas in giving something right. to somebody. Okay. Um, but most of the time you were okay. Like yeah. it's not going to change the meaning too much. But I think it'll be fun. I'm excited to see what the students cook up yeah. for the yeah. UK meetings. And I feel like we should also maybe do an extended version of Drew Archives in 10 where we follow you around for the day to see what <laughs> it is that, that you do to prepare for all of these and see how different each day can, can be. Yeah, it's it's wild. And I tell my student workers when they, they want to work at the archives, I'm like, you need to understand no day will be the same. Yeah. Um, but that's exciting because you mm -hmm. may get a researcher who takes up the time of the day, but they're talking talking to you about the project they're working on, which is wonderful. Um, or some days you may be shelving, but there's something some uh, so like nice and quiet about shelving books and putting them where they belong. So every day is different, but the research is going to be very flower-centric between um, <laughs> when the semester ends and January 14th. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So a little bit of color in the dead of winter. <laughs> <laughs> Always a nice thing. Yeah. But um, yeah. I know this semester... Like before we even think about the upcoming flower, this semester has been really ghost and haunty like. It, for it you. has been. In in MCOM two oh two, it has been a haunting good time. Haha. -ha. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so my students in my podcasting uh, course, which is MCOM two oh two, have been doing a bit well, it's a bit of an experiment. It's a collaborative project that I designed based on some of the ghost stories that we at Drew University are famous for. Mm -hmm. So my student teams are investigating the stories behind the hauntings of four buildings on campus. Mead Hall, which of course is the oldest mm -hmm. building on campus, uh, rumored to be haunted in several ways that I think a yes. few that we knew about, a few that maybe we turned up the semester Very through, exciting our, to hear. through our research and investigation. Then there's S.W. Bound Hall, uh, otherwise known as Great Hall, yep. uh, which may or may not have hauntings attached to them. There are mm. stories, but uh, my students have become a little bit skeptical mm. uh, because there doesn't seem to be, I'll, I'll just tease it here, a story that sort of knits everything together. Interesting. Um, and I have my own theories and hypotheses as to why that is. It was built in 1912 at a time when a lot of American universities were sort of going on this collegiate Gothic mm -hmm. phase. So University of Chicago, Princeton, of course, right down the road from us, from us, a few other universities as well, kind of linking American higher education and the pursuit of knowledge uh, with these sort of medieval Anglo-Saxon cultures, mm -hmm. right, to sort of uh, really give them a lot more cultural capital and depth to them. So if we're building these fake Gothic buildings, maybe they come with a few fake ghost stories as well. Maybe they but, do. But, you know, that's, again, that's my hypothesis, my theory. Um, I'll, let, I'll let our listeners decide mm -hmm. when this comes out. 
Then I have some students researching the hauntings of Shakespeare Theater. Mm -hmm. uh, you may know or have heard of Reggie. Uh, yes. Well, of course you have because you give the ghost tours, right? I, I'm, I know. I'm saying of, that to yeah. our, our listeners, yeah, right? Yeah, you of you course. may have heard of of Reggie. Uh, we may have found someone who actually named Reggie. I am Reggie so excited about name. that. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll just put that out there uh, as a teaser for our listeners. And uh, finally, Hoyt Bound, right? Our most famously think, haunted uh, building I on campus, I think. more and more stories about Hoyt yeah. every year. Yeah. There's something. <laughs> there's something there. There's something there, or, or the stories are just so well-developed now. But yeah. I, don't, I think it was also this year because of your podcast class focusing on the ghost stories, people are talking more. Right. And I feel like with that then becomes the effect of I'm going to share my own story. Yeah. And people are then sharing their own experiences. And I've heard some pretty awful stories about the fourth floor of Hoyt that students were so scared that they then needed to like switch rooms or like things were moving a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited that we're getting these stories, though. Yeah, we've had some ethical conversations about what it's, you know, maybe appropriate to share, even if we've gotten sure. permission from the storytellers Absolutely. or the witnesses themselves. But, yeah, as, as far as I can tell, there are maybe three separate ghosts, maybe. Interesting. Uh, well, maybe maybe George Leonard Luce, the uh, the person who's actually the the documented person who died on the, yeah, second, on the second floor, floor. isn't really any ghosts sort of associated with him. No. Uh, but we have our fourth floor floor ghost, and we also have. Um, I'm gonna guess so, the laundry area. Uh, I don't no? know if it's the laundry area. It's the um, Civil War soldier who really? uh, appears. Oh well, yes, I've heard of um, a student who saw a soldier on the fire escape. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Civil War, Revolution, not not yeah. quite clear. But anyway. The um, soldier story does pop up throughout yes. Drew's history with that building, which yeah. is interesting because it's definitely not revolutionary. Because no, I know really S.W. Bound built that building. Right. And that um, was in the 1830s, right? So, Oh, no, wait. They, uh, that building was in the yeah, early 20th century. Early 20th right? century. But there wasn't really anything here prior to the 1830s as far as no, we know. No, I mean, Mead Hall was the oldest building on campus, and this entire area was then, like, owned by yeah. that fam by the Gibbons right, family. Right. So uh, we have a lot of great stuff. My students are busily putting it all together I'm very uh, in post-production. I'm very excited to see yeah. or to hear what they've come up with as well. Uh, so it should be exciting, and I hope our listeners will tune into that mm -hmm. when it is released uh, maybe in late December or January. Oh, that is a lovely holiday present. Yeah, I am yeah. looking forward to hearing more about the ghost stories. Yeah, yeah. And it will be called uh, Tales from the Haunted Forest. Wonderful. And it will be available wherever you get your podcasts, but if uh, our listeners are familiar with uh, hauntedrew.com, they can go there and they'll be able to find the episodes and, and listen to them on their favorite podcast listening apps. Uh, so it, it, should be, it should be really good. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun project with the students and uh, Matthew Bieland and I got to meet with them and yes. talk about the stories and it was just really fun to keep engaging the mm -hmm. stories and the amount of times people have asked me, well, what's the true story? I'm like, you're asking me a true story about a ghost story. <laughs> right, like, right. Let's unpack that. Yeah. So, so I, I sort of gave my students this mission to find out as much as they possibly could about any of these, knowing full well that you're not going to, as you said, kind of come up with a true story about mm -hmm. a ghost story. But let's let's see what we can let's see what let's we can find fun. out. Yeah. And I love that our investigation is sort of shaking the branches and releasing 
uh, other stories really uh, from is. other people encouraging them to step forward. And I and I hope it continues to do so after the podcast comes out. Maybe we'll have some more testimony yep. uh, on Haunted Drew. Uh, maybe we'll yeah, have a second you... season of the podcast at some point if, if uh, more people are willing to come forward and tell us their stories of their experiences of ghosts and apparitions in various Drew mm-hmm. buildings. That'd be wonderful. And if you wanted just to write a story, we also accept written testimonials. Yep. Um, so go to Haunted Drew and it will t- guide you. But if you just send an email to speccall at drew.edu, that's spelled S-P-E-C-C-O-L at drew.edu, I will receive that and then put it where the appropriate place is. Yeah, wonderful. So, yeah. Happy hauntings and flowers. <laughs> yeah, happy hauntings and flowers. Two yeah. <laughs> uh, two topics that might not ordinarily fit together, but uh, here at Drew uh, Archives in 10, we're known for doing all sorts of yeah. crazy combinations. We better make a ghost <laughs> bouquet together. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, or find some flowers that have uh, supernatural meanings to them, right? Definitely, yeah. We, we won't have anything on campus, yeah. but we'll, we can definitely put together we'll that bouquet. That I know some, we can get some belladonna in there. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps the ghosts themselves can tell us a little bit of their That'd stories. That'd be helpful, if, yes. that, if that's possible. We'll get them a slot on True Archives. <laughs> 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 yeah, perfect. The, the, only, the only podcast from the afterlife. Yep. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Candice. This has been an exciting semester, as always. Looking forward to spring 2023. That sounds... Strange that's to say, it. but yep. that's where we are. Yep. And uh, season six of Drew Archives in 10. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us throughout the entire fall semester. And we will see you again in the spring. See you in the spring. Bye. That's our show. To take a look at some of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10, head on over to the Special Collections and University Archives website at drew.edu forward slash library forward slash S-C-U-A. You can also check out images of some of the materials at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. That's D-U-P-A-R-C-H-I-V-E dot org. There's a lot of great stuff there, and the collection is growing every week, so I hope you check it out. That's it for now. And remember, you can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you like the show, give us a follow. If you love us, share us with a friend, or consider leaving us a rating and review. We'd love to know what you think. So for myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candice Riley, Manager of Special Collections, we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.